0: Welcome to Behind the Headlines, the weekly Silicaga podcast, where we take you behind the stories we tell and report here at SilicagaNews.com. I'm your host, Michael Brandon. On today's show, we have new superintendent of Silicaga City Schools, Dr. Michelle Eller, on the show, talking about her new transition coming to Silicaga City Schools, COVID, and how it's affecting learning in the classrooms, and also how technology and education are being sought after in the future with great vision here with the the new East Alabama Rural Innovation Center. It's going to be a great conversation that we're going to have with Dr. Michelle Eller coming up here in just a few minutes on Behind the Headlines.
1: Ever feel like you're missing from your own life just because you always have to run off to the bathroom? Those days are over. Be the star of your own life again with BTL Mcella. To learn more about Mcella treatments and how they can help you, visit ChildersburgClinic.com.
0: People tell our tellers, lenders and representatives, they see us at events happening in your community all the time. There's a reason for that. With more than 450 volunteer hours every year, Our team is dedicated to knowing you and what matters most. Heritage South Credit Union is your community credit union. Find out why more and more people are becoming members at myhscu.com. Heritage South Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA, an equal housing lender. Welcome back to Behind the Headlines, the weekly silicaga-news.com podcast where we go behind the stories we tell and report here on silicaga-news.com. Our guest this week, Dr. Michelle Eller from the Silicaga City School System Superintendent. Congratulations on that position. I know you're excited to be here.
1: Yes, I'm very glad to be here.
0: Well, let's talk about your transition coming up here now from the Chickasaw City School System now to the Sylacauga City School System. What's that transition been like here in the past several weeks and months?
1: Wide open. <laughs> <laughs> <I> bet. <laughs> Wide open. Uh, we, we hit the ground running, uh, making sure that we were ready for the school year to start up. And we've had a great start to the school year. Uh, could not be more pleased with my team at central office with our team administrators and our buildings and with our teachers, counselors, bus drivers, every component that makes school happen uh, has done an amazing job to ensure that we're providing for the kids that we've been entrusted with. What's
0: one of the transition difficulties in, in coming from not only moving, <laughs> but also just having a new staff and getting acquainted with the With the grounds and the processes, what are some of those obstacles and how do you overcome them?
1: Well, you know, when I started, I said I was gonna do three fold things. One was to honor the past. And so you have to take time to have those conversations and to really understand what has taken place prior to your arrival. That's important. It's important to understand the foundation. Uh, Then secondly was to really look at the present. And look and see the processes and personnel in place at the present and is that working you know and are you willing to change some things that you see are not working as effectively and keeping the things that you know are and then of course really creating that vision of where you see the district needs to go and so that has really been the bulk of my focus this summer is Having those conversations, analyzing the data, uh, looking to see where we've been, why we've done things a certain way, and then look to see the areas that we know that we can improve upon, and then bringing that team, cultivating that team along with with you to be able to do that. And so a lot of preparation has also been spent on really building the team that I have at central office and the team of administrators in our buildings because you can have all the vision in the world, but it's not a solo flight, it takes a village. And so when you have your team standing arm in arm with you, uh, there's amazing things that can be done.
0: I think anybody who's ever had a conversation with Dr. Michelle Eller knows that she is very direct <laughs> and you are uh, definitely, it, it comes across uh, yeah. in, in pretty much in anything and everything that you right. do. And I feel like what I've seen is a, a crack of the whip? You know, you kind of just hey, let's just let's get on a on a straight and narrow path. Yes. How is that received by some who might not be used to that? And how do you, as a leader, make this applicable to everybody?
1: So I think it I think it starts with one, getting to know your people. Um, two, finding out where their strengths are. And then three, empowering them to do what they've been asked to do. And I'm a firm believer in that empowerment. So we may have a vision of where we want to go, but it's up to you to take what you've been tasked with and make that happen. And so I think that I think the individuals on my team appreciate the fact that I understand where their strengths are, and then I've given them the power to make decisions and do what needs to be done.
0: We're talking with Dr. Michelle Eller here on Behind the Headlines. Dr. Eller, you came in over the summer where there was somewhat of a little bit of a a downhill slope in COVID cases. It's been up on the rise as of late. And recently, this past week, mandating a three-week mandate, or if you want to call it a mandate, I'm not sure exactly the right terminology, uh, for three weeks, Why the change now, and where do you see this going in the future?
1: So we had every hope of having, of course, a normal school year, and that's what we planned for. And then, of course, right at the cusp of the beginning of school, we saw the COVID variant coming through. Um, We began with just highly recommending masks, highly recommending um, the vaccination if you're able to. We held the vaccination clinic our central office and did the follow-up shots actually in the schools and those were just extra layers of precautions that we could take because we want to we want to be face-to-face we know that's what's best for students we know that's what's best for families is for our buildings to be open and for us to be face-to-face but in light of one the cases that we're seeing in our neighboring schools to the fact that our game had to be canceled Friday night due to the opponent not us and of course we've been tracking our numbers and our numbers have been relatively low you know last week I was able to send out an update that we had 27 positive cases over the weekend that almost doubled uh, as of yesterday we had 48 positive cases but what? What was really concerning was the 122 students that were out due to exposure and that is that on
0: top of the 48
1: and that's something that you know just giving the extra layer of precaution with the mask that we can hopefully minimize and so it, it was not a it was not an easy decision to make by any stretch of the means but i'll have to commend our our parents our students our staff everybody was willing to do whatever it takes to keep students safe and to keep our buildings open and I know that there's lots of controversy out there on vaccinations and on masks and do you wear them do you not wear them but at the end of the day if you if you know the end goal is to keep your buildings open and to keep students safe then you've got to do whatever you can within your power to do that.
0: Would there be an option for virtual learning if this continues to go on the rise? I know that's something that you're not wanting right. to do at this moment in time, but what, what conversations are being had if, if this gets out of hand again like we saw last year?
1: Well, one, we're training our teachers on blended learning. We have begun that training already so that in case of even a temporary closure, our students will not miss a beat with instruction. And if you do blend it learning the way it's intended to do, then you are giving students full access to the education, whether they're in front of you face-to-face or whether they're at home on a computer. And that's what we're really teaching our teachers how to do it the right way. Um, We are ensuring that we have enough devices, if that is the case. Um, So preparations are in place. It's not something we want to do because we know that students learn best uh, when they're with their peers, when they're interacting with their teachers. But if that's where we need to go, then we will be fully prepared to go that way, and we will do it the right way.
0: It's good to know that there is a technologically – a adept option, right. if needed, right. But it's definitely the most extreme alternative yes. that you would want to take. Yes. That that completely makes sense. I mean, it's. I don't think there's any doubt that being in the classroom and being with your peers, being with your teacher, mm-hmm. is the most important way to be able to learn. Wow. So, um, I, I hope I hope that that's the case that we can continue right. to still do that well, not only here and but really all across.
1: Well, and even beyond the academics. You know, we're able to support the whole child at school. Right now, everybody gets free breakfast and they get free lunch. So their nourishment is taken care of. We have counseling services at school. We've just hired a new mental health coordinator. So we have the supports in place to take care of the whole child, even beyond just the academics. And, of course, who wants to miss time out on volleyball games and football games and Band performances and the theater plays coming up. And so we are trying our best to keep it as much of a normal school year as possible so that our students don't miss out on all those things that make education meaningful.
0: I know it's going to be a, uh, a conversation that we're going to continue to have uh, with, the, with the school system here right. on com, and uh, be able to help report that for you and spread that information uh, when it comes about, if there are any changes. Dr. Michelle Eller, our superintendent for Silicaga City Schools, joining us here today on Behind the Headlines. Dr. Eller, technology, we were just talking about that, technology and innovation and vision, those all encapsulate education. Yeah. Unless you have a solid educational foundation and backbone and core, you, it, it, it's tough to achieve wow. such great innovation. One of the big things that is coming now to our area is the East, and I have to read this because it's <laughs> it's such a long title. I don't want to get it wrong. You
1: could just say Earth.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> earth with no I, right? Right. <laughs> east, right. Alabama reg- rural, east Alabama Rural Innovation and Training Hub. Yes. It's coming to the old Avondale Mills property, which if anybody knows has driven through Sylacauga knows is, a, is, a, is an eyesore. Uh, I know from my time being here over the past five years, I've seen it in that state since right. I got here. Right. But the stories of long ago, for almost 100 years, it seems, or maybe 70 years, I don't know the exact number, but was such a lifeblood of the community. Right. People's families were built upon that. People lived in the area. Um, and that is a legacy that I don't think we'll ever leave, but now a redevelopment is coming to the Avondale Mills property and the Silicaga City School System, the Talladega Board of Education, Silicaga Alliance for Family Enhancement, there are multiple entities that are going to be able to benefit from this. Can you talk about what the Silicaga City School System looks to achieve from this?
1: So one, it's exciting for us to be a part of that table, you know, to be at the table with the other entities. Um, Of course, right now, the Talladega County Board of Education owns the property that houses the facility. Therefore, the grant that they were just awarded by Governor Ivey was awarded to that board because they own the property. So the first layer, of course, is clearing out all the debris there in preparation for what we want to build. So I I guess you could call it three phases that will be over there. One will be kind of an innovation incubation hub where small businesses can begin, entrepreneurs can uh, get assistance with starting, um, different companies, different avenues. All ages can take advantage of that. So that's one little piece of that uh, puzzle that'll be over there. The second will be a state-of-the-art, really, training center that is really driven by higher ed and business industry so that our students both silicauga students talladega county students and even surrounding students it won't just be for us can get state-of-the-art training in cybersecurity, health sciences building construction um, all those areas that we know are high need areas that our business industry is saying we need Trained workers here and they'll actually come in and do the training so the training will either be done by central alabama community college instructors or business industry we've been in talks with academy of academy of craft training that is in birmingham and if you know anything about that that was a training center built to train future workers in trades and it was built by business industry and so they're looking at even partnering with us on this and having a hub there as well Um, the third layer benefits talladega county they do own the property and so i think their vision later on is to build a field house and stadium uh, to house the bb comer tigers Um, but that is way later down the road another layer and so um, what's exciting to us is that through this collaborative partnership, our students are going to get the training and the exposure that they need so that when they leave us that day after graduation, they're ready to hit the workforce.
0: I think that there may be, for some, an older school, to use that term loosely, way of thinking when it comes to education, Right. meaning that the students should be learning everything at school. And there is no outside of school training, but education has evolved yes. over the course of so many years. Why is it important for students in high school to get that education firsthand in, a, in an establishment, whether it be a, a hospital or a radio station or uh, wherever they may be to get that firsthand experience?
1: Well students don't know what they don't know and they don't know what they, they may or may not have been exposed to and we're living in an age now where there are careers that exist that never existed before. We also are on the cusp of careers that are being created that no one ever dreamed would be there and so the most exposure that we can give our students to all of these areas helps them tap into their interest, their skill set, so that they can see exactly what they're good at and what they might enjoy doing. Because you don't want a job, you want a career. And that's what we want to prepare them for is a career. Anyone can get a job. Anyone can go and make you know, minimum wage or a little bit over that and do a job. But we want our students to be invested in and embedded in a career. And in a career that encompasses their skills their interest and so what better way to do that than to give them exposure in that career field face-to-face hands-on so that they can actually experience that for example you might think that you want to go into nursing you watch gray's anatomy you've got an aunt that's a nurse You like biology. What happens if you faint at the sight of blood like I do? Mm -hmm. Nursing may not be where you need to be. Sure. Or you may decide, I want to be an engineer. But your math skills are not where they need to be. So when you get into there and you're actually in that environment and you see the math skills that it requires to be in that environment, you might have to regroup a little bit. And once you would much rather do that at a high school level before you've invested years of college or years of searching for the right job so that when you're able to leave us, you can go right into that career field that you know you're ready for, that you know you want.
0: It makes sense. It does. It, it makes it makes sense, especially when you lay it out like that. Doctor Michelle Eller, the superintendent of the Silicaga City School System, uh, the the way that students get to and from school is important. And yes. that is something that right now you are searching for as a Valley City Schools um, superintendent. You, you have a division side of things. Right. Looking for bus drivers, and there are benefits that come with this as well. Can you, can you kind of talk about the, the need for these bus drivers?
1: Yes. So we are not alone in this need. The, the rest of the state is right there with us. But our bus drivers are so important because they help our students get to school. They help our students get home from school. Um, we have great kids. We have great kids in Siliconga, And the drivers that we have are committed. Uh, we are blessed with, you know, excellent bus drivers. But, you know, bus drivers get sick. Bus drivers retire. And so we are always in need of additional supports so that our students can arrive to school safely. Not everybody knows that bus driving only takes out maybe, you know, three to five hours out of your day. You drive in the mornings, you drive in the afternoons, you have a specific route. But on the flip side of that, you get funded as a full-time employee. Which means you get full insurance for you. you. You have the option to get family coverage at a little, you know, additional cost. But you get complete insurance for you, and then you also get retirement. You get state retirement. And those are big, giving up three to five hours a day.
0: Which um, means, technically, you could still work another job. Yes, Which is probably encouraged, and and then still also be able to have your your morning in the the afternoon.
1: And and most of our drivers do that. We've got a lot that are Mm self-employed. So this gives their families and themselves insurance, uh, gives them retirement, but they're able to do their self-employed job in between. Um, We're also always looking for substitute drivers to help out, you know, when our drivers might be sick or... Not able to drive for a day.
0: And what is the training that goes into this? Uh, You obviously have to have a CDL.
1: Yes, you have to have a CDL, and we can help guide them through that. You also have to go through the bus driving course, which we are very blessed in that our previous transportation supervisor uh, was a trainer and has agreed to stay on to train um, bus drivers that we may hire from here on out. And we have actually a training course set up at our transportation building here in Silicago, so they don't have to travel somewhere to be trained. We can do all of that in-house.
0: Which is, ironically, at the old Avondale Mills property. Yes. <laughs> that yes. we were just talking about being redeveloped. Yes. Yeah.
1: yes. Um, and we are looking for a transportation supervisor, because, as you know... Uh, Mr. Wasserman retired, and we were very sad to see him go. Great guy. So, we are looking for a transportation supervisor as well. Um, and that person really works a lot with logistics um, and also with just ensuring that our buses are ready and able to go, and all our drivers have arrived, and um, the routes are secure, and um, just really, you know, oversight on all of that. And so we're looking for someone to take on that role as well.
0: Dr. Michelle Eller, you are um, in this new position as the leader of the Silicaga City School System. I know you are excited about that. I appreciate you being on with us today. Before you go, I have five more fast questions for you. All right. They're going to be quick. Okay. It's not going to be like what Hannah Hammonds <laughs> did to you Good. <laughs> the last time. Good. But they are going to be along those lines. I'm okay. not going to ask you why. I'm just going to ask you to tell me the answer.
1: All right. I can handle that a lot better. (laughs)
0: Okay. Um, What is your biggest fear?
1: My biggest fear would probably be uh, failure of myself. I'm my worst critic.
0: Okay. Well, you all are. That's true. Yes. What would you change about yourself if you could?
1: Maybe a little bit taller.
0: Okay. So physical appearance. Yeah, okay. five,
1: two and a half, maybe a little bit taller.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. If you could go on a dream vacation, where would you go?
1: Oh, um, probably Europe. I'd like to do a Europe vacation.
0: All right. Hamburger or hot dog? Oh, hamburger. Okay. What no do you che- like? What no do you cheese. like on your hamburger? No cheese. No cheese on your hamburger? Okay. No cheese. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Last question. Who is your hero? My daddy. Why is that?
1: Oh, you're going to get me teary-eyed. <laughs> um, my dad was always, um, has always been like bigger than life. So he is the one that instilled leadership, accountability. Um, he's currently at the final stages of Parkinson's.
0: Okay. So. Well, our, our thoughts and prayers are, are with you Thank and you. him on that. Um, I know that that uh, that's that's tough Mm -hmm. to uh, to see a family member especially one that's so close uh, go through something like that but knowing that the memories of and and the the ability to carry on his legacy lives through you is important yes Dr. Michelle Eller we really appreciate it Superintendent of City School System thank you so much for being on Behind the Headlines today thank you absolutely Uh, Hey, that is going to do it for this episode of Behind the Headlines. We really appreciate you watching and listening on our silicoagonews.com Facebook page. If you like this podcast, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, give it a five-star rating, share it with your friends as well, and also share this video on social media as well. Until next week, we'll see you soon on Behind the Headlines.